Hey guys, welcome to the Rational Optimization Podcast. My guest today is Livia Takowska. She's a student of cognitive science and artificial intelligence, also a trainer of BJJ, and the thing that we unplanned talked the most about today, she's a feminist. So today we really talked a lot about feminism, and to be honest with you, uh, I didn't knew that much about feminism before that. And maybe still I <laughs> don't know that much, but my goal with this podcast is to learn from as many people as possible and get different perspective on different goals. And yeah, this was really interesting and I really learned something new. So I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. Um, yeah, enjoy. Livia, you study cognitive science and artificial intelligence, right? That's correct, yeah. What made you come here like what is the why did you decide for this from uh, poland also oh <laughs> yeah. why did i come here yeah. to tilburg to and study CSAI? Also, also csai like the mix okay um yes actually that's uh, a nice story that i told a lot of people yeah. um because it was kind of a turning point in my life i came from like humanistic backgrounds and what background Humanistic. Humanistic. Okay. Yeah. So in my high school, uh, you had to choose extended subjects that you want to do. And uh, based on your choice, your place in a class with a certain profile. Mm -hmm. uh, so I chose Polish and history. <laughs> and I also had a bit of um, philosophy and law. So all this stuff, very basic math. And I enjoyed it, you know, I love to read books, I love to analyze poems and all of it, but mm, I got a bit anxious about my future mm, and I decided that I want to change something and I learned about this amazing cognitive science and artificial intelligence. I was like, okay, that's that's going to be me. This is something I want to do. Uh, this is so new, especially in Poland, you know, no one heard about it. Uh, my main focus was cognitive science because this is what I did a bit in my philosophy classes um, but I decided that I also want to deepen my knowledge in artificial intelligence it sounded very you know exciting for me and new so I was like yes I'm gonna do it I'm gonna grind math for my last year of high school to to prepare for it to you know pass the levels that I need to get into this university And and I did, and I'm here, and this was the best decision of my life. <laughs> Damn. So you already knew that you want to come here <laughs> to Tilburg and study this thing one year before you finish high school? Um, yeah, it was kind of in the second month of my last year, I think, when uh, I decided I want to do cognitive science. <clears throat> Then I started looking out for uh, universities that offer it. Um, there were some choices in Poland, uh, but I also knew that I want to live abroad and, you know, see the world. <laughs> so, yeah, my second option was in Denmark, but they just offer cognitive science. And this was the only one, I think, that had a bit of both, um, I think. But yeah, the moment I learned about this, I just was said that this is my my first choice and I didn't even apply for other universities as a, you know, backup plan. <laughs> Damn. So you also knew that you like <laughs> AI because like yes. your um, background is like not really mm -hmm. like AI programming math focused. Not at yeah. all. I didn't know what AI 
was really and I don't know if I should admit to it on podcast with, when all of my CSAI <laughs> friends are going to listen to it but I think till like the first or second year of uh, of high school I thought artificial intelligence is just like in scientific like science fiction movies you know like is this robots that take over humanity and want to destroy us kind of thing that's more of a fiction Uh, then we can read about it and ha like hypothesize about it, uh, have philosophical discussion. But I didn't know that this was something real that's like all around me that I'm already using in my phone or computer. And then I had to um, write a paper for a philosophical uh, competition. <laughs> and there was a still list of topics. Yes, still yeah. in high school. There was a list of topics. And one of the topic was what would be... Uh, you think like the upgrades of artificial intelligence or the downgrades of artificial intelligence in the future, like which direction do you think it's going? And use some philosopher uh, to back you up. And this is the first time when I actually like read into it and discovered that, yeah, it's not just killer robots. <laughs> it's something more and so complex and interesting. And mm, that soon will become such a like integral part of every human life basically uh so it's like okay so i need to study this thing because it's going to become important uh and i want to understand it and you know with just humanistic backgrounds i think it would be hard for me as like um normal civilian let's say <clears throat> to really understand um ChatGPT maybe when it came out first you know some people Uh, that are not in the field. I don't know if you ever talk to someone that doesn't know anything about technology. Okay. <clears throat> and when the ChatGPT first came, they were like, oh no, this is like the end of like schools and education. This destroys everything. Like we're not needed at all as humans. And I was like, guys, it's okay. We don't have to panic. I study about this now. <laughs> I understand that it, like things that... Uh, make it possible to happen and yeah this is exactly what it wanted and what's really valuable for me uh to to understand this process and then decide if i want to do something in it or if i just want to have some sort of control over what's happening to me even like with data right i learned so many things about like my life and um how technology is affected me uh that I don't think I would ever if I didn't didn't have any interest in those topics. Okay, so yeah, even if you <laughs> even if you wouldn't work in it, it's like if you have like a philosophical like it's it's still good like to know like yeah. how what it is because like for me mm -hmm. I have no real idea like since I'm okay. here mm -hmm. like all of my friends are CSAI now. It's <laughs> That's like, true. All of my <laughs> podcast guests till now are CSAI. <laughs> like I think Yeah, the next one is the first one that is not CSAI, the guy from mm -hmm. the sauna. And it's like, um, so, yeah, before this, I had, like, no idea. Like, it was, I think it's pretty interesting and also important. Um, so you were mostly, like, cognitive science focused because you like, like, the philosoph philosophical part of it? or like Yes, what? it yeah. came mostly from um, philosophy. My philosophy classes looked at... I had those uh, big books, uh, basically like three parts of them. They were like this huge. 
and they covered like you know the beginnings of time till uh, nowadays of different philosophical thought and I had to get familiar with everything Uh, so that was a lot Um, but it really like inspired some curiosity uh, inside me to get to the mm, like bottom of of things to not just leave myself with a surface knowledge mm, of problems especially the ones that are um, very relatable in nowadays you know for example like <laughs> like artificial intelligence yeah okay or our yeah. cognitive science well mm, it was just some fancy words at first cognitive science that i heard yeah. and it took some time to to understand what it is and still i think my understanding back then was very different to to what i learned here um but for me those two comes like together philosophy you know? and cognitive science cognitive science and artificial ah, okay. intelligence okay, yeah yeah I really like this program because I think we need both. Uh, you asked me to prepare my uh, my goals for of life yeah. for this conversation and I was thinking about it and one of my goals would be to you know bring my humanistic approach to the field of technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think what this program is doing is already kind of um, making all those people that came here to be um, data scientists or maybe later software engineers something like that, um, they force them to to think more philosophically and also um, from psychological point of view. Um, <laughs> should we stop? The lights are cutting no. off. The lights will probably go off a few more times. <laughs> We're too still. But uh, mm. it happened with Fuma as well all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's okay. Saving costs. Yeah. <laughs> So wait, where were we? Uh, I said just cognitive science and artificial intelligence. They're a very good pair. And I think it's good that they go together here. And yeah, it's just a bigger approach and lets you see the bigger picture and that everything in the world is connected. Yeah. You know? Hmm. So your connection, like the, the reason that you want to study cognitive science was mainly connected to philosophy? Yes. Or, okay. So how do you feel? Is this working? Like what? <laughs> is, is this like, do you feel like you learn something relevant for your philosophy? Not really, if I have to be honest. I'm still yeah. waiting for my uh, ethics of artificial intelligence class next year. I'm very excited for that. But um, it's definitely different than I expected it to be. I expected it to be more philosophical, especially because I learned what cognitive science is and also what artificial intelligence is through philosophy. Uh, But we learn more technical stuff. Sorry. (laughs) And I'm not complaining. It just means that, you know, philosophy is a key to everything. It just opens your doors and just guides you in the like right direction. And if I have, if I want to um, deepen my philosophical knowledge, I can always do that. I can take some elective courses. I can read some more books. Um, but yeah, I think right now I'm content with uh, studying more technical stuff. And I'm sure there will always be time uh, in my life to come back to philosophy. Hmm. Okay. 
Um, you also told me before this. I I don't know if you want to talk about it, but of like course. this before in Poland, uh, mm -hmm. you had like a pretty feminist podcast, and like yes. um, what like what do you mean by the pretty feminist part? Like mm -hmm. what what is the thing you believe? Is it like ethics connected to philosophy or like? Yeah, define pretty feminist. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I believe that feminism is something important, something definitely important for me. But um, I also want everyone to be feministic. I don't think it's like a political agenda or or a belief uh, to force someone to being feministic. It's just seeing everyone as equal. This is what feminism is about. And I had a lot of conversations and talk with people about it because for some reason people hate the word feminism. And I discovered that um, a lot of people agree with me on my views that people should be equal or women have should, should have rights, right? But they don't want to call themselves feminists. This is like the word is a nightmare, especially for men. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm very curious to hear your opinion. Um, and there was also a lot of discussion about maybe changing the word then to, to something else. I don't know what that would be. Um, and because I don't know, I'm going to still announce proudly that I am a feminist, even with all of the bad connotations of this word someone might have, although I don't really agree with it. Um, and yes, I think, you know, high school and you're growing up teenager, just going into your uh, adulthood, um, you, and, or me at least, uh, I was very much uh, in favor of like expressing all of my beliefs, but like very radically. I wanted to make change and I wanted to make it now. I hate people who weren't doing anything or weren't saying their opinion. You know, you had to act right now because, you know, you're 15, you have all of these hormones inside of you and all of the adults are so stupid. They don't know anything. They don't care about anything. So um, you're alone in this world and it's just up to you to change it for the better place. So I think that's what I mean by, by pretty feministic. So I used to have the values that I still have, but a much bigger temper. <laughs> okay. uh, although I, my podcast was actually um, more soft than, than my beliefs, um, because, you know, I was an activist as well. I would go out on the street and protest and... Uh, I would argue with people in classes. I would argue with, with my teachers um, about like uncomfortable topics as well. Mm, but then I realized that a lot of my friends, female friends, uh, who are also like feministic and sh share my views, they don't want to be so, um, let's say, aggressive uh about it they they don't want to go out on the streets um when you know there are like rockets everywhere and it's cold and to shout and there's like police watching they don't know to, they don't want to argue with the teachers but that doesn't make them less of the feminists that they are mm, and i wanted to create something for people like them 
so I started a podcast with with my other friend who was also going to the protest, but it doesn't matter. We started the podcast and it was supposed to be like a soft feministic space when it was just like two girls talking about how they feel like, you know, meeting um, in a park behind school, just laying in a um, field of like little spring flowers and uh, talking about how they are excited for this this new season and uh, what they want to do, how they want to develop themselves, how they want to grow together, how they want to inspire the community and and other girls, and and I think it was important and and it worked because there were um, girls from my like classes below me uh, that were coming up to me on the corridor and it was like, hey, I listened to your podcast, it was so cool, and uh, then when the, also like the new protest happened, they also wanted to engage. They went on the protest. They speak like on TV to the news about their opinions. So, yeah, it was just, you know, I think it lasted a year in total. It was like a little glimpse of action, um, but it made an impact. And Damn, nice. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Um, can you define feminism? Like if you say <laughs> that the word is like... Uh, Like you asked me what I feel, I, yeah. I think I can understand that many people don't want to be associated. Like, like it, it's some I don't know where, but like subconsciously it has like mm -hmm. something on it that uh, the, the word. But like, actually, word doesn't matter. Like, what are the, the what, mm -hmm. what 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 does it mean? Like, what do you think uh, feminism mean? Um, I think. Like maybe just the movement that women have the same right as men, like or yeah, like getting women's rights. Yeah, this is mm -hmm. the movement's right. Or yeah, yeah, but then some people argue, like, okay, women have rights already; they can go vote. So what's the feminist up to right now? Mm. <laughs> maybe to. Give, I don't know. Like, may I think? Sorry to put you to, to, no, to, give, to give to give opportunity, maybe to give like I, I believe opportunity is good. So maybe in some places there is not equal treatment between men and women, mm -hmm. and. Maybe uh, to to fix like those places so the treatment is really equal everywhere. Yeah. Is it this or? <laughs> yeah, I think you're like on a good direction. That's also yeah. how I would define it. So, um, if you read a little bit about feminism movement and history, we went a long way. There were like three waves, and in those waves, like feminists or uh, suffragists, as they were called back in the day, they demanded different things. And, you know, with each wave, they wanted a bit more and a bit more rights. And, yeah, a lot of people say that, like, 21st century, there is nothing else from this movement because we got the same rights. But that's still not true. You know, you went all of this way. You had to fight throughout the history to be treated as, like, a human being as well as also a civilian, for example. Mm. So it doesn't change like this in the mentality of people and in societal rules as well. 
Um, so there isn't really equality yet, as we would want it between uh, women and men. Um, men will always have, uh, at least right now have, or are in a bit more um, favorable position. Um, but yeah, it's just about equality and not just between, you know, women. It's about everyone. It's important to remember that feminism fights for everyone. Like it's not, it's also, you know, fights for um, equality uh, amongst different race or uh, different sexualities. You know, we we all want to be equal. We want all want the same thing, um, to be treated at the same level, to have the same chances to achieve the same things in life. Mm, so yeah, I think it's it's a very uh, interdisciplinary fight. Hmm. I really agree that mm -hmm. everyone should have the same rights. Like, <laughs> when this is a, if, if this is like really if this is the definition yeah. of feminism like that everyone should have the same rights and i think that's really cool Do you, uh, would you call yourself a feminist in this case i would be a feminist yes yes i'm <laughs> but, glad um, um the thing uh you said that it's like because like the rights are basically the same like there are like for especially like in western cultures like yes. there's not that there's like no race or no um not, not there are no like laws that like yeah i feel like especially in the netherlands uh, yeah. countries in and yeah. western europe they like to say that they um solve sexism they solve racism and uh they solve homophobia and now we can all coexist here peacefully <laughs> But that's just not true, you know, just even saying that, especially as a government of a country, is just kind of shutting down the problem and saying, there is no issue. We, we solve it. Okay, we believe in your rights, but it's done already. When in reality, it's not. It's something rooted deeply into societal norms. And um, we still have the rights to, to fight for it and to educate people about it and to protest on on the street whenever we feel like we're not really that welcomed as people say we are but how do you like like i understand that like protests and stuff is like really helpful especially if they are not the same mm -hmm. rights like for example <laughs> when women weren't allowed to vote like protest is like a perfect way to like get this right but you really think through protest you can change like people's mind like Do you think people change, if you say it's like deep in the society, like do people, like this deep in the society, do you change this by a protest? Like, Yes, I think I do. I can um, bring you an example of not uh, women's strikes or protests, but of um, climate change protests. And like, you know, uh, I don't know if you heard about Fridays for Future. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, yes, but... For people who don't know, uh, it was started by uh, Greta, of course, and um, it was the idea that um, each Friday of the month or like every certain month, um, people like students from school would um, skip classes and go on the streets and say that they care about climate and do like a peaceful demonstration. And... Um, showing that mm, 
there is no reason for them to care about their education if they feel unsafe about their future on this planet. Right. So we also have this initiative in my city, uh, Fridays for Future. Mm, and I participated in a very first one of those things. I actually I even have to go to a different city, like a bigger city next to mine, because mine wasn't yet engaged in it. And then for a next edition on the my city started doing it so I could participate uh, more locally. Mm, so I observe how this demonstration changed with every iteration, let's say. <laughs> and uh, you could really see that from like a little group of maybe 20 people, exchange of people just covering a whole street and just whole schools coming from different neighborhoods you didn't even have to text your friends from different schools you would just like see the familiar faces there and and it was incredible and it was so so inspiring uh to see that it makes it does make change it's like slow change mm, and at first people were very like oh it won't matter that you're there no one will even notice you but, you know, after some time, the radio starts showing up to this demonstration, then a TV. So our voices were recorded and put in the world. And I think it's just like the collect collective responsibility in all of this stuff. And even if it doesn't change laws or the big companies will like still use too much oil, uh, then at least you get the sense that you're not alone in this that other people feel the same way as you do, that you're not crazy for worrying about like the future of our planet or um, for human rights or for women's rights, whatever battle you're fighting. Uh, you're not alone with this. There is like the crazy amount of people that as as concerned as you, and they're also scared that they're alone. And those demonstration, they... Because you don't need to know anyone. You don't need to have a friend to go to the demonstration. And just see all of the support of, of strangers that believe in the same cause. Uh, I think this is what can really move mountains, you know? Mm. Would you agree? No. <laughs> uh, no, uh, like, because it's... Like, I think it, it can move something in terms of laws maybe if you want to really show mm -hmm. like okay there are people here that have like an opinion there are a lot of people like mm -hmm. okay but like also maybe this Fridays for Future that this like if they wanted to change like laws for people in like in the country and they say like okay please ban like I don't know like stop the uh, mm -hmm. fossil fuel stuff mm -hmm. you know, then this could maybe change something but like the the thing you said that is like the the underlying deep thing in the uh, society. I don't think that you change this via protest because, like, I, I don't even know if you can really change this because, like, the old people, like, if you say like for feminism or for like racism, like mm -hmm. the old people that have like racist beliefs and or like like not even strong, but like the, this underlying like maybe. Um, uh, racism like by going on the streets there are like a lot of young people that are all not racist mm -hmm. like and they're all like uh, nice we are together and mm -hmm. of course i think this is nice like you have your friends and you're like uh, i'm not alone in this uh, like we're all uh, fighting for equality but 
I don't really know that <laughs> you like this underlying thing that this changes. I I don't even know if you can change it. Maybe you have to just wait mm -hmm. out. Of course, there are people who have their beliefs and they will never change their beliefs. It doesn't matter of their age, gender, whatever. They're just, <clears throat> there's this group of people and you have to accept it that they will have those views no matter what, no matter scientific papers you give them, no matter how many demonstrations you have. They'll just be like this. And there's a group of people that um, no matter what will fight for their beliefs as well and demonstrate and try to act and uh, or like be on your side, like always and forever. But there's this third group in the middle that's actually pretty big, which is just people who didn't really care or didn't really think about it before or they're just undecided and mm, I think those people are the one targeted by those kind of demonstrations because then they see it and it's just like, you know, thought provoking. They start thinking about it. It's like, oh, I wasn't aware that this issue was, like, was even there in the first place or that so many people care about it, then maybe I should also care about it. And then they would join either like the people that don't change their beliefs or, you know, the people that want to fight for them. Uh But yeah, I think they're also the reason why um, we still have those old rules, even though we think we live in such a developed world right now. Um, but some of the mechanisms are still pretty, pretty historic, you know? What do you mean, for example? Because like I've, yeah. patriarchy, um, racism. What do you mean by patriarchy? Like... Uh, Okay, maybe I don't mm -hmm. have the perfect view on it, but it's like... It's just, you know, those rules that we came up with um, so long ago that ruled our society and we think of them as the way the world is. So that, I don't know, only a man could be a king, only a man could be a president, only a man could be a CEO of a company, right? And okay, it's changed now. Now women have a right to be the the CEOs or Presidents. or queens yeah. or anything they want. But somewhere like, you know, in those rules, there's still not, it still isn't seen as something normal for them to be. It's like an exception. It's like, oh my God, look at her. She is a CEO of this huge company and she's like a woman. How is she doing this? It, meanwhile, like you don't look at, I don't know, Mark Zuckerberg and be like, Oh my God, how did he do it? He's just a male. Oh, that's crazy, right? He broke all of those, you know, norms and uh, stereotypes and, and he did it and he, he climbed the ladder and he's on top, but he's just a male. Like, you see, the narrative is still very shifted and very different. Uh, and I think it's like that in states like that, even though the like actual rules and rights have changed, is because of the undecided people that don't see the problem and don't think about the problem. So they allow the people that are uh, racist or misogynistic to to still play those like evil cards, kind of. But what exactly is the problem? Because like <laughs> the like that people are like, oh, it's a woman that is a CEO. That is a rare thing. It, it is yeah. true. It's not. I think most of CEOs are probably still men uh, and. Um, probably it will 
stay this way. I don't know, like from because of hormones and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Impossible. We can. <laughs> I like. Uh, um, I didn't research too much about it, but mm -hmm. um, the like, what what exactly is the problem? If people say like, oh, this is rare, like this doesn't change anything. Like, as a woman, you have the right to become a uh, to become a CEO, to become a president, but do you have the to same become chances. You mean that like people have prejudice and therefore they don't give you the same. But do you think like okay, if, if, let's say this is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's. Um, do you think a protest would change something about it? That like because like I I don't think if, if there are like this difference in chances would mm -hmm. come from prejudice inside people. That like the people say like oh. I believe that men are better CEOs than women, and therefore mm -hmm. I'm gonna hire a man as a CEO for this company. Um, do you think that a protest will change that? Um, Or do you think you yes, can even change that? Yeah, because I believe that there is a lot of people that think that a man is a better CEO and that will hire men because they never thought about why they think this way. And if we protest or educate, because I also know that a lot of people don't really like the protest ideas, but there are many ways to change it. You can educate, you can have like um, social media campaigns, um, you can have some marketing campaigns with uh, posters that are less just informative about, you know, issues uh, all around the cities. Uh, the message is what's important and that this message will somehow get to those people that never thought of it because of how our word function which just sees a man as a natural leader and then someone will tell you hey actually that's not entirely true and women can be as good as leaders as men are so maybe think about it again and they will and they at first will disagree and they will see another protest and they will read another book and maybe then they will have a daughter and they will or they will meet a very inspirational woman in their life and they will understand, like, them. They have a point. Maybe what I was thinking wasn't that correct. And they will change the way they behave because I believe that they don't hate women, right, uh, entirely. It's not that um, they don't want equal rights. It's just the way that they were um, brought up, maybe. Um, maybe educated so far. And now we are here to tell them that there might be some, you know, holes in their education that uh, they have and some different perspective that they never noticed or discovered. Okay, so you say that there are prejudices in society, like there's pre and through demonstrations or different like similar stuff, you mm -hmm. can raise awareness so people yeah. know like, hmm. Maybe my belief that is like this unconscious belief is maybe not really true, and I can so this way you create more equality. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, in a perfect world, I think that's how it would work. <laughs> okay. Mm. I don't know if I have a real it's opinion. A, lot, right? a real opinion on this now because. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about this too much. I really agree that all people should have the same uh, chances, mm -hmm. but I think it's super hard 
to to make this a reality because like especially where we live old people like by law have the same chances for mm -hmm. pretty much everything and um, yeah yeah theoretically mm -hmm. but uh, if you say the problem is prejudice it's so hard to change people's belief like it's and even if like yeah it's a whole machinery behind all of this and there's so many factors um that we would spend hours if we had to talk about it yeah. right now yeah. um but can i ask you a question now yeah uh okay so did you ever thought of um reading or or educating yourself more on those different perspectives of other people or on minorities um <laughs> if i ever thought of, like i think i would not because i don't believe like i believe that people should have the same rights and i don't believe that like i believe that i i want to judge person by person i don't want to judge a person by like like their skin color or their gender or whatever um but i have goals and i have like stuff that i want to achieve so mm -hmm. I don't have like I may just like if if I have, would have infinite time I would read all the books in the world but like why should I read books that tell me that like uh everyone is equal when I believe this anyway, Oh it's like, not about uh reading books telling you that everyone is equal yeah. it's about just learning about the perspective of other people because uh it might be hard right now uh I mean I'm reading books about different minorities because I'm also not in their position I believe they're everyone should be equal and they should be equal to me but i can never actually know like what they're feeling or mm, what kind of position they're fighting from so uh it's good to uh reach out for books uh instagram accounts that now have a lot of information and context uh articles i don't know historical figures and um read more about them and I don't know. It's for me. This is important to because uh, my goal is to also, you know, empower others, mm. and maybe that's what's different. Uh, because yeah, I just want to know how I can, through my actions, help other people. Um, my goals aren't related to just self-development i think i always um had a passion of uh helping people in in a way of educating them um and it could be like you know a role of a teacher a professor a jiu-jitsu coach whatever i just like sharing knowledge and i think knowledge is beautiful and learning is beautiful and i wish everyone could have the same access to it Mm, and I know that's not true. So maybe my goal would be to grant this access or like work towards granting this access for everyone. Mm, and I understand that this is not your goal, but just something to have in mind that those possibilities exist. And it's sometimes good to look at the world from a different perspective. That's like 
completely different than yours. And even though you might like not agree with it, because it's not about like the agreeing or, or disagreeing, um, I think it's a good mind exercise as well. And will help you see more details in everyday issue. And then ultimately, I believe it will also help you in your, uh, you know, way of self-develop and achieve your goals. Okay. So you think that, or you say that learning about other groups, learning about minorities, mm -hmm. they're... Like for your goal to empower other people, it's really nice because if you want to help other people, you have to know yeah, exactly. at which <laughs> point they are. So this is clear. I realized But this while I was talking that maybe it's yeah. just connected to my goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand. Um, and also for other people, yeah, I agree. It's like good to know where other people are at. But I also like... It depends. I, I don't. I don't think everyone should read like everything about every minority because people have to. Like, if, if everyone would do that, then nothing else would get done. Like, it's. It, I, mm -hmm. Okay. Can I ask what your yeah. goal is then? Because this is uh, kind of what our podcast yeah, was yeah, yeah. supposed to be about, right? Yeah, like yeah. Well, no, goals I, and hopes and dreams. But also stuff that is interesting. And yeah. I think this is interesting that <laughs> so we started talking I'm about I'm glad. Um, no, I want to come back with this, yeah. but um, I want to understand also uh, what your goal is and where you're going from, because we don't know each other yeah. uh, for that long. No. <laughs> so I think it would be also like help me. Okay. my I basically have a... An argument for like okay, my goal is to search for objective meaning, mm -hmm. something that is objectively meaningful. Um, and I didn't fi find anything yet. I searched for it for a year, a little more, and the only thing that I found that is objectively meaningful is searching for something that is objectively <laughs> meaningful. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to spend all my efforts on searching for something objectively meaningful and a little bit also on being happy and enjoying more, like. I don't want, like, I, I think I probably will search for it until I die because mm -hmm. I think there, there probably is no objective meaning. So I, I think probably nothing matters. But there's the possibility <laughs> that something matters, so I will search for this. And it's pretty likely that at one point I'm going to die and I haven't found it. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be happy. Like, I, I want to I want to be happy on the way. So this is, like, my second goal. It's, like, a little bit... Uh, on the side that I also want to learn to enjoy the way. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's very nice. I especially like the enjoying the way and the process yeah. thing. No, it's very cool. But I want to ask you if you're looking for, you know, objective meaning and emphasizing of objective, don't you think what I said really comes in handy? Because, you know, you find objectiveness through learning different perspective. <laughs> Nah, but like I, objective, like this kind of objective means like, okay, I see also the, per, like, also the view of another person, but like, like this, like I, my search for objective meaning is deeply, deeply philosophical. So no, it's like, no, it's, it's not only, it's, it's not only humans. Like it's, it's a, like, mm -hmm. if you really look from above, like what is, like, What is all things considered the most rational thing to do? This is like, the, mm -hmm. this is actually like, this is the question. And um, so, of course, I'm, I'm looking from my human perspective 
like I I can't not not look from a human perspective, but I try to find the thing that is the most meaningful that a human can do with their life. And I don't think that like looking at like uh, the the disadvantages that a minority has or like at the per, per, like the perspective of a minority will uh, is like. Okay, but yeah. it's not only about minorities, and yeah. it's about just learning the the way of other cultures. And I don't know, for me at least, it really fits with your goal, you know, to um, to learn history of people uh, that live at the different um, time of history at different uh, you know space of the earth, and uh, what they went through. And how the world treated them, what were their beliefs, what's their religion, what's their tradition, uh, where does it come from? Uh, there's also a lot of politics that's that's shaped that, especially when you look back into history. Now we can um, assess that, you know, better from our point of view. And um, yeah, I don't know, for me, if I was searching for uh, objective meaning, that would be the first step to to first master the human perspective from all the humans and then go like, you know, step above. But you may disagree with me because uh, I'm just hearing about this. <laughs> no, actually, I understand what you mean. And I'm like everything I said, it's lo <laughs> it's not that I don't like, like I really like going into different mm -hmm. people's for like I had history major in high school as well. I oh, mean, yes. really like history. <laughs> it's like, it's not, I, um, I also like, okay. I can't say that I read books about it, but I listen to books about it, um, and That's I also fine, or, or like book summaries or stuff. So it's it's I, I really like this. Like it's, mm -hmm. um, but if you really want to find like objective meaning, or and, and also like with different people, like uh, the thing I like most is conversations. So that's why mm -hmm. I just invite random people and like talk to them and Hello, what they believe. I'm a random person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the lights cut off again. Uh. Um, no, but uh, that's why I talk to random people in the sauna and like, mm -hmm. it's like, <laughs> of course, like, uh, that's why I'm here. Like, it's not, it's not the only reason I'm here, but it's like super cool that I hear there are so many people from different like countries that I, you mm -hmm. can talk with. But for the specific search for objective meaning, I don't think that this is the way because like for the search, there are, there are so much like deeper questions like for for like like consciousness you, like you don't learn about consciousness by just learning from different di about mm -hmm. different cultures like of course maybe there is some knowledge in there but if i want to understand consciousness i shouldn't uh try to understand different culture cultures i should try to understand consciousness and if i find that like a different culture is like helpful for this like i want to like I, I try to clearly define the goal. Mm -hmm. Like my goal is to find objective meaning, and then I try to find the best way to follow this goal. And mm -hmm. uh, if in this way I, I find out that it's helpful to um, learn like a different person's per perspective, like for example, like um, like a meditation retreat or something, uh, like Buddhism. I, I don't know. It's like mm -hmm. it's like a different people people's perspective, and then I will go in there and learn this and try to understand it. But um, I don't think that just like that. I just like to make sure. Like uh, yeah, 
I really try to focus on the goal and when I mm -hmm. see it's useful, then I will do it, but I won't like try to find out as much as possible about any culture and everything because like there's no stopping. Like there are so many nice things that mm -hmm. you can do in life and I think you should focus on the thing you want like on the main goal and yeah. Okay. Well I think that's very interesting then and it's I don't know, showed me how different people as well we are because you're very um, goal-oriented, as yes. you just say, and you just, like, have a straight line. Exactly. And through that straight line, you can explore more of the world as, like, you know, the notes connection, like, but where it's your goal leads you. Uh, whereas me, I would say that I just, like, wander around the world and I just want to explore everything possible, just, you know, um, get out of my comfort zone and go study artificial intelligence in a different country or something, or, you know, read books about uh, topics that are very far away from me uh, in hope that I will find my life goal through that. You know, it's kind of the opposite uh, of, of your approach. I'm just like grasping different stuff that interests me around me that I'm curious about and I want to explore more. And I believe that that will lead me uh, to my goal in life and would lead me in the right place where I'm supposed to be. I feel that. Yeah, it's yeah? the same. Uh, yeah, 100%. Do you understand it's, it? Yeah, it's pretty much the same I did before I found my goal. Like, okay. for, like mm -hmm. now I have my goal. My goal is... Just what I said to find mm -hmm. object to search for objective meaning and to be happy on the way and like through other little goals that derive from this, but it's like it's not those are just like basics like to be healthy and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, this is because you you need this. But like the main two goals are those two, and since I have those goals, I really focus on them. But before mm -hmm. this, I was also wandering around. You know, I took my bicycle, I rode five thousand kilometers to North Cape and back. I, like mm -hmm. I, I met a lot of su Swedish, Norwegian, Norwegian people, and like. Um, like traveling around the world. Meet, uh, I didn't travel really around the world. Like, uh, but you traveled Europe, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Europe. Um, so, um, like meeting different people, trying different things, um, and like experimenting. Like, like this thing you said, reading different books. Like, without mm -hmm. really, like, really knowing. Like, I, I read books about meditation, and then like my next book was the, the book about note taking. And mm -hmm. you know where the book it about clicked. note taking um, <laughs> like uh, this uh, led me to discover my note taking system. And with this, I really found like the. Like I was always asking, okay, what is the best thing you can do in life? Mm -hmm. And always like trying around, but then, yeah. Now I, I really define it that way. So now it's like a real clear-cut goal and this is why I go so hard on it. But I, I understand, like, if you don't have like one defined goal, you're it's the same mm -hmm. I did. Like, just, do you feel yeah. like you're in the right place right now? Yes, 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 okay. 100%. Because the people here are so amazing. Mm -hmm. and they're like one year before i came here uh, i want to ask you more questions but i'm gonna i'm gonna just gonna yes, tell okay. you. <laughs> um, one year before i came here i um essentially like in the moment i i like realized that this is my goal and this note-taking system and stuff this is the thing i want to do like uh, when i realized that i 
uh, moved out from my mm. parents' place, and um, or I, I wasn't actually I was not living at my parents' place for a year before, but uh, like I was working in an orphanage. Then I should have moved back into my parents, but I was like, no way, I um, because I know there. They are like all my friends and stuff, and mm -hmm. they are super cool. I love them, and they are still my friends. But I was like, I want to put all my time and effort into this research I want to do. So I moved to my grandparents, which is like 500 kilometers away from all my friends. Oh. Like it's a little village where I know nobody except my grandparents. Mm -hmm. It's like the perfect place to have like... There was nothing I could do except mm -hmm. work. And I worked every day for 12 hours for like a year. And it's like um, before I came here. And it was super cool. But, you know, I, I did this alone. Like I was there. I had no mm -hmm. friends. I had just like, it was just like my thing. Of course, I have my friends from at home, but they were like, they... <laughs> They were like, oh, Elias is really different now. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> before this, I was like a normal person. And I was like, no, I have this goal and I really want to do this. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, I, of course, I was like calling them and stuff. But it was like, mainly I was there and working. And now I'm here. And now I met such cool people with which I can discuss. Like, uh, there are so many nice people I can have, like, deep conversations with. And mm -hmm. this is where I think it's amazing to be here. Tell me about your goals. <laughs> no. I think we discussed it a bit um, right now, and yeah. I tried to mention it as we were yeah. speaking. Um, I actually was a little bit um, nervous after mm -hmm. you asked me to prepare on this specific topic for for the podcast because I was like, "Oh, great! This is exactly what I've been like anxious about for the past two weeks," you know, and now I have to speak up about it mm. and it's definitely something that you know takes a lot of space in in my mind and when I sat down I was like okay what are my hopes and dreams um the first thing that came to my mind is uh, that I'm focused mostly at this moment on my mental health and this is something I had to um learn and uh in some parts of my life, I I really forgot about it. And, you know, it was just go, go, go. Like, I have to go to the university. I have to be here. Mm, and I have to put, like, so much work into it. And it has to be uncomfortable. And, and it has to hurt. And because, I don't know, this is how you mm, achieve goals. Um, but lately I realized that that, doesn't isn't necessary the way that you can still achieve your goals by working hard but it can be comfortable you you can have your mental health as your priority um and still develop yourself um i don't know academically uh and in all other direction as well mm, so so yeah i think this is like the baseline uh, of my goals to just always remember to be kind to myself no matter what I'm doing at where I'm going um, and then from this thought like a lot of other goals uh, popped out so the thing I told you before um, that my goal would be to to bring this humanistic and also feminist approach to the field of, of technology um, and I find this course um very inspiring. So I think I'd like to continue uh, my uh, 
roadway uh, in, in this direction. Uh, so I want to stick to do something with technology, um, maybe media. Um, we'll see. I still have some time to decide on that. Uh, but to remember, like, you know, my, my principles um, and to not just work to, to make money. Um, but to to work to make an impact and and be the change. Okay, so basically, the first goal to care about your mental health is like it's pretty similar to my second one. So just to be happy on on the way, like mm -hmm. it's it's pretty much to to be happy. Just is this right, or like, you can just tell me if I'm wrong. Or, okay. Yeah. Um, It's not necessarily to be happy. I would distinguish it as two different things. Um, I would say just your mental health is, you know, being kind to yourself, as, as I mentioned before, uh, not stressing too much, not, you know, uh, making yourself feel bad over small mistakes or uh, inconveniences and um, just kind of accept the life how it is like it's not about happiness i think it's the the step that comes before happiness even okay for me i okay that's interesting because mm -hmm. like uh in my goals it's, it's pretty like i also believe that you shouldn't stress about things that you can't change or that mm -hmm. you shouldn't like this is all like stuff but it's like all like My goal for any process was pretty much that I always ask why. Okay, mm -hmm. I want to do this. Why? I want to do this. Why? 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 And like the thing that came out in the end, like are those two goals. <laughs> and like the uh, the happiness goal, it's like I want to be happy and that's why I don't want to stress. I don't want to be happy. Or I call it, I don't really want to call it happiness because happiness, you could also say, oh, I can shoot heroin and I'm really happy. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know if this is like the kind of like, Happiness. I want. I want to be fulfilled. I want to be proud mm -hmm. of myself. I want to. I want to look back and say, like, nice. Um, um, and therefore, I want to learn to not stress about unnecessary things and stuff. So uh, I don't know. It's pretty. It, I think it's a pretty similar goal, but uh, maybe like the changed, execution, yeah. the execution, <laughs> and the result. It's like, um, yeah, yeah. You, I maybe. think we started from a different end. Yeah. You know. I. I, I think. It's pretty that uh, maybe it's wrong, but like being happy is the result, and being um, caring about your mental health is the action. Yeah, and you you have like the goal to do the action, and I have the goal to achieve the result. Exactly. It's like, yeah, uh, it's like, but it's pretty similar. Um, okay, and the second one is to make a positive impact in society. Um, basically, yeah, Or, uh, in society locally, like how I explained at the beginning yeah. um, with my podcast that it was just, you know, like a teenage project that never really uh, got its closure even. Mm, but, you know, there were those girls that came up to me, like few, uh, three or five I could like name. It's not big, like most people maybe wouldn't even call it an impact, mm, but it's still something like a little push. And I want to at least be able to to do the little push and ha if i had this goal in mind i know i will uh, i just don't want to to lose it you know but my goal isn't to to change the whole society uh, and the whole 
population is it's to to act locally first and and then see like what happens okay so you so your goal is not to make as much impact as possible but it's just to i well i uh function by a principle of think globally act locally mm, so i will be thinking about like global issues and big issues but uh in my mind a way of implementing them starts like very locally from maybe small communities first and then moving up to the bigger communities or, or society um but yeah the goal itself isn't to to first make a huge impact you know to be next malala or something um it's just just to make a change and then I can work on it, I can improve it, I can make it better, I can uh, inspire more and more people, mm, I can expand. Uh, yeah, but that's for later. <laughs> mm. So, tell me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the goal basically is to make the... It's to be the change. I think yeah. that there is a clue in the word be and not make. Because um, I believe through the way you're speaking, you're presenting yourself, um, your little actions in your everyday life, you can already be a change. You can like as inspire people every day or give them courage um, just by, I don't know, being brave enough uh, to say something or to do something that, that other people we're afraid of doing and uh yeah that's the goal to to be the change and whatever i'm doing whatever action i'm doing whether it's a podcast whether it's starting my company that's going to act on a bigger scale uh whether it is i don't know pursuing a phd and doing some research um is the thing of like the thought of being a change mm. So, okay, now you tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> again. Um, you want, ba basically, basically you want to make the biggest possible impact, but positive impact, but the, the best possible way, uh, or like in your opinion, the best possible way to do this is to, to be, like, to, to, do you, you want to make a change? But the best way to do this is to be the change because not only because it's a good way to make impact, but also because it's a, uh, if you like try with a giant goal right away, it's like, like this way you can like build it up slowly and mm -hmm. like increase the impact over time. And is it this, that you think this is the way to make the most possible impact or is it that you really say I think uh, yeah. um, it's not about quantity and how big the range of the impact will be. It's about the quality of it. Um, and you can really, uh, you know, kind of control the quality if you act first locally. So in the community, no matter where you are at the moment, um, you should still have the same principles and um, act in some sort of way that wants to improve not only yourself, but others around you. Uh, and I think 
do you understand more where I'm going with it now? <laughs> um, it's the goal isn't the biggest possible in like impact. I don't want to to change the whole uh, countries. I just want yeah. to. It's kind of more of a way, like with you. You know, like okay. to never truly accept the the status quo. Uh, to always also ask questions like why, but not why I am doing something or why things like that, but like why and how and mm, okay, this is like maybe a new system, but how are people um, feeling underneath them? Like how they can even feel better with our other um, risks that might happen and maybe what are the ways to eliminate them? But why uh, like why do you want to like maybe maybe it's just my thinking that maybe i have like a too rigid thinking because i'm mm -hmm. uh still didn't uh had a had enough uh, crisis or something or not, but um like i mean like philosophical like mm -hmm. thinking about it and like coming up with new ideas um um Yeah, like this, I mean, like, like meaning crisis. Um, so, because I'm really rigid, like I, yeah. I, I say, okay, this is my goal and I want to achieve it as much as possible. Like, like I say, if I would say my goal is to make the most possible, like, like my goal is to make impact in the world. And I, if I find an mm -hmm. argument that this is a meaningful thing to do, to make a positive impact in society, then I would say, okay, then I want to make the most possible impact in society. Like, it, If I say mm -hmm. this is meaningful, I would say, uh, why a little bit, if not, like, why not go all in 100% and try to make the most, um, yeah, w why why not for you? Like, what is... Mm, I think this is um, what I say with the, the things of acting uh, locally. And, mm, okay, so maybe not think about it as getting the biggest impact, but the best impact. Okay. And this could be helping some one person, but like very, very well, for example, because I believe that kindness is spreadable, you know, and if you help even small amount of people and you inspire them of helping other people, then it will go. But I can't say that this is me who single-handed did this impact, right? It's more of like... Uh, avalanche of, of of kindness and of uh, of change or of helping you know I'm just gonna act in my community and I want to do the best for my community whatever my community means it's the range of it will depend on my stage in life like uh, it was just my high school probably um, back in Poland um, right now I'm Not sure, but I guess I feel already that it's going to be bigger, even if we think, for example, just the whole university, it's already a bigger scale, right? But uh, just act in your communities uh, and try to improve your small communities as much as you can. Learn from like the behavior and what's happening and the dynamics of it so you can understand better like the dynamics and changes of the world and... Um, Only then maybe I could like, you know, switch my goal to being the biggest impact. Uh, I is that more clear yeah, yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, this is clear. Like it actually like 
uh, maybe it's just a different way of phrasing it because I believe like uh, like if I would want to make the biggest impact and um I, I still say like this the thing you do is mm -hmm. somehow to make the biggest like the, the the way you explain it it is the way to make the maybe to make the biggest impact mm -hmm. because um you I, like when you say high quality impact it's like it's not about it, it's not all about quantity it's not about like making mm -hmm. a little impact for one million people it's about making like like making uh, the best like the most possible impact overall and mm -hmm. if you make a really strong impact on one person it can be more impact than like a little impact on 100 people um so And and it's also like a training effect, like you explained. Like if you if you start small, you mm -hmm. can build up from there. So maybe this is the way to make the most possible, mm -hmm. uh, most possible impact. Yeah. Also, I believe that we're like you know little experts of our communities, kind of. So um, it makes the most sense for me to start acting with them because uh, you understand your um, your surroundings, uh, its needs. And uh, and desires and where things are not really working, mm, so I think this is the place where you should start with your action, and not on the other side of the of the globe where you don't really know what the situation is, right? You might get there someday, but um, the first step and the first goal is is to act just you know locally. Yeah, I think I really understand now because mm -hmm. this is yeah, this makes sense. Like yeah, in your community you have the most knowledge, you can make the biggest impact. It's also not a like crazy big goal, super big goal to start because you can like build up slowly mm -hmm. and you can increase later and so yeah, basically it's an argument for why you can make the or, or if you want to make a positive impact, it's It's a good way, maybe not for everyone, but for a lot of people to start where they are, mm -hmm. right in their surrounding and start spreading the positive impact and yeah. growing with their challenges. Nice. It's super interesting. Um, I have one uh, closing question that okay, I want uh, to ask. Um, um, I have to, uh, I'll ask the question and I will turn on the light again for mm -hmm. everyone that's just listening. The lights are always going out and on, like, on and off in this room. But, um, okay, so the closing question is just, do you have, like, any piece of, like, for example, a book or, like, a YouTube video or a podcast or, like, any piece of, like, knowledge, any piece of media that uh, you would really advise people to read watch whatever advise me um like something you really uh like all good take your time i will mm -hmm. <laughs> take them oh yes because the thing is i do have i do but i don't want to mess up the name um it's yes okay this is what i what i thought it's the book that i've been reading and i think it's gonna um be connected in in our talk today and i wanted to recommend it to people for the longest time um it's a book by ellen woman it's called life in code a personal history of technology uh and yeah i be so a little bit of backstory uh when i came here i felt a bit you know lost a lot of imposter syndrome 
um, starting programming and all of those technical stuff uh, without being really great of it by first try. Mm, and it is a pretty male dominant dominated field, right? You would agree. Um, technology, most of our uh, professors as well, mm, even though I really like it about our program, that I feel it's 50-15 students and there's like some amazing, inspiring... CSA is 50-50. I would say Damn. probably not exact numbers, but the way I feel it when we are in class and from the people that shows up, it seems pretty equal, you know? It could be 60 to 40 mm, or more, but I don't feel that overwhelmed with uh, all of the men around me. Um, but still, I needed like a little help. So um, I googled some book recommendation of uh, female authors in AI field. And yeah, I st stumbled upon Ellen Ullman, who is um, not only a, a writer, a very good one, uh, but also a, a programmer. Um, and it's American programmer um, from the 80s, if I, I don't want to lie to you. All good, all good. Um, <laughs> but I think it could she could have started her career in the 80s, um, maybe a bit later. Uh, you can check it right now, please, yeah, please correct me. Uh, but it's a book that uh, it's made out of mini essays about her life um, as a programmer. And it's absolutely, absolutely amazing because uh, she adds this um, female perspective um, to stuff. And she uh, talks about her work, how she is surrounded um, by only male coworkers and uh, how they like smell bad sometimes or they don't understand her jokes or the opposite she doesn't understand their jokes mm, but she still like you know finds her way around it uh, it's also essays about very human things and emotions like loneliness uh, but just uh, wrote in a way Mm, that it's just her exchanging email with another programmist at 3 a.m. in the morning uh, instead of having a party uh, downstairs with the rest of her family. And yes, I would really recommend it to, to everyone, uh, not only women, also men, to just um, grab like a little bit of perspective. Um, I know it's not up to date because, yeah, her essays... Did you find from... When uh, they are uh, the book is from uh, 2000, uh, yeah, 2017. Oh, yeah, the book uh, and, uh, is just published, but she wrote her essays like uh, her diary. Uh, so, so, so wait, you want to have the date of her diaries because I didn't find when she started programming, yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, the book is very interesting because, uh, basically, it's part of her uh, diaries, uh, kind of as from the days she was a, a young programmer. And uh, she took those informations and now uh, made them into essays. And she talks about like, you know, conferences, like big American conferences that uh, were very crucial in, in shaping the technology, how we know it today um, and how she was uh, attending them and some, or being a speaker on them. Also, um, 
as one of not many females. Um, so yeah, it, it's brilliant. Nice. <laughs> I actually I didn't find it. Like I can't I can't tell you when. Okay, it's let's just like, uh, assume it fine. was the eighties, just for uh, the like sake of me being right. It's, it's <laughs> probably the eighties, um, but nice. Okay. Um, that's perfect. I think that's a really cool way to end it. Um, thank you very much. That was a really interesting conversation. I really thank liked you. actually also the part about feminism. It's really? super interesting. Yeah, okay. because I, <laughs> I didn't know that we were talking about this, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's interesting to hear about this. Like, I want to learn different people's perspective. Like, we talked about this today, mm -hmm. and it's uh, I think it's cool to just hear um, what other people think about this. Yeah, Thank it was much. a pleasure to talk with yes. you. Thank you so much for the invite. This has been a Rational Optimization Podcast. I hope you learned something. As you may know, I'm trying to make this podcast as good as possible. Like I'm trying to provide as much value as I possibly can in every episode to you. So today I'm not asking you for like a five-star review or anything like this. I'm asking you, could you please, if you have any idea what I can improve to make this podcast or to make each episode or to just make this episode, if I would do it again, more valuable to you, can you give me feedback? Like on Spotify, there are those feedback boxes and on YouTube, you can write a comment. It would be really amazing if you would help me to make this podcast as good as possible. See you in the next one.